This is the Reflector Reflections podcast. My name is Annie. Join me as we journey around the world talking with fellow human design reflectors as they experiment and navigate their unique design. Today's beautiful conversation is with Christina. Christina is a 5-1 reflector, a coach, an author, and a speaker. She guides individuals and groups to live more easeful and empowered lives. Welcome, Christina. Thank you. So excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. We, um, us five ones seem to be prolific <laughs> at the moment. We, we really, I think we really are the most common type or reflectors. It seems like it. And we therefore probably have the most questions all the time about everything. <laughs> that is so true. That is, that is so true. We are the ones that are always asking the questions more so. So, Christina, can we talk about you? How did you find human design or human design find you? Yeah, that's a great question. So per my one line of loving to investigate, I've always been really interested in different personality types, different understandings of why people are the way they are. Um, So by the time I hit human design, which was about a year and a half ago at this point, I I was already convinced that people could be described in so many different ways. There were so many opportunities. But the funny thing about when I first heard I was a reflector, I actually was really mad. (laughs) So I would be curious if anyone else had this experience. But I, my friend was really into human design. It was in the summer and she was like, you got to check this out. I pull it up and it's like, you're the most unique. You probably feel like you don't fit. And I was like, I was so mad because I was like, yeah, of course I feel like I don't fit. Like, yes, this describes me, but I kind of put it away and was, had to sit with it for a really long time because I didn't need somebody to tell me that I was different. I already felt so different. I was tired of hearing about how different I was. Um, So that was my first introduction to human design. I read it and then was like, I'm tired of this. I'm going to go back to like Enneagram or the things that I know that don't describe me as different. Um, and then six months later over my birthday, so this would have been a little over a year ago, I finally picked it up again. It's like, okay, we're going to dive in. And I haven't stopped since, which has been fun. <laughs> you finally surrendered to the, Same. to the, um, okay, I know I'm different. Yeah. It's, I, it's interesting that you say that um, because when I first found out, I was shocked and then I cried. And there was a period where I got really angry too. And yeah. I think the anger came with, I thought I'd done the work, you know, I thought I knew who I was. And now this is just, just, you know what I mean? It was, I think it was so shocking and anger is a byproduct of fear, I suppose, isn't it? So yeah. it's the fear of the unknown. And it's just like, I thought I had this sorted. And then once I got over that, it was all good, which sounds <laughs> like you did as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, it's, you know, I'm sure Rob would say it's part of the deconditioning process to have to go through this. I've identified myself so many ways, and now I have to identify myself as the most unique in the system. And that's hard to do. It's hard to think that very few people will understand or relate when that's really all we search for as humans is that connection. That's so true. Yeah. So you were just saying there that it was a friend of yours that got you into. So is this friend, what's their type? My friend is a manifesting generator. So it's been very fun watching her go through her deconditioning process as well. But I also sit there and I definitely have days where I'm like, you just, you just get to do things. (laughs) It's like, you just have the energy. You just think of something and you get the phone call or you have an idea and you can just act on it. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm so tired all the time. Like, I just want to go sit on my bed. It's just, it's such a funny process to watch 
all these different types interact and engage um, and have those moments together. <laughs> it is, it is. And I don't know about you, but I was just talking with somebody else about this the other day, that there's spurts of energy that we have that is full on. Like I, I can really, I could give a manifesting generator a run for their money some days. Like literally yes. I can go in the zone, get everything done. And then it's like, good, thanks. And yes. And then it's like, okay, now I'm just going to rest. I think we are, yeah. you know, obviously we are very cyclic, but when you do embrace that energy and learning how to, you know, use that energy to your advantage, it's, it's a superpower. Yeah, it was really interesting um, this, I guess, past month because I have been on a break from school. So I'm currently a full-time student getting my MBA, but I had winter break. And so I had approximately four weeks of being on my own timeline and on my own schedule. And I was the most productive I think I've been in a year, to be totally honest. And now school just started again this week. And I am sitting here like I'm tired all the time because now I'm forced to be on someone else's schedule, someone else's deadline, someone else's energy level in order to match and be successful. And it's just interesting watching how the energy changes and how we, I personally respond to what the outer world is telling me to do at this point. Yeah. And you've recognized that. So I guess it's, can you change that at all? Or it's just, that's what you have to do. And you've just got to, I've just got to suck this up until I get through it. You can't, (laughs) there's no sway there. I mean, thankfully, I am truly almost done. I have two last classes and then I'm done by March 1st. So for me, there's a little bit of, yep, just like suck it up and get through it. But also normally you take four classes, but I'm advanced in my school credits. So I have to take two instead of four. And that allows me enough flexibility where I'm not exhausted by the time I get home from school every day. So I do have the flexibility and the capacity to then come home and work on my own thing a little bit more, not as much as I want to. Um, But I think that's part of the reason why, particularly in our reflector group, so many of us ask about how did you start your own business? Because I can't work for the man anymore. (laughs) Can't be on that wheel anymore. And I think that's the dream. Yeah, that is. Oh, I'm so glad that you you can navigate that. And you're nearly done. Congratulations. Nearly done. done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So when you found this out, obviously, as you say, you were angry and then you, you came back to it. Yeah. What did you do? Where did you start? Yeah, so I actually first had a reading with a woman named Nadia Last. Um, she is one of the, I don't know if a bigger, na- bigger name is like a good way to put it, but she's pretty active on Instagram. I first heard about her through Jazz Moon Mother, who's now shifted her name a couple of times. So I don't know exactly which um, title she's going with at this point, but I figured if I was going to start somewhere, I wanted someone to tell me all of the details because I was still going through this initial, like, I'm angry, but I'm open. So someone had better tell me what's going on here. And I had an hour long session where I just felt so seen because I was finally open, having a person to talk to about it and really guide me through those first couple of steps made it a lot easier to be open and digest and ask questions and get comfortable with it. Um, and so I actually did that on my birthday a year ago. And then that was the start. I know we had emailed about this a little bit, but that was, I would say the start of my first year of deconditioning at this point, I'm a full year into it. And this whole year has been diving into the surface level of everything. I've gotten so far down into color and tone and variables and nodes and all of these different things enough to be able to talk about it. Yeah. but not enough to say I'm an expert. And so I feel like 
in true one fashion, I took a year to like research all the different things, know the definitions, go into it. And then this next year is really about engaging with the strategy and authority for me has <laughs> been the struggle of, of waiting for a moon cycle, particularly in, in a business context when you don't necessarily have that time um, to, to say, I'm going to sit and wait and not make a decision. <laughs> it's not how the world works, especially the business world. So yeah. that was the first entry in. That sounds so similar. It's like we we find this out. And I think, you know, I always refer it back to my line one as well. I find this out. And it's just like, give me all of the information. When I've got all the information, then I'll, I, I, I relaxed and I went, okay, now I'm going to experiment. Because yes. I feel <laughs> it was just like, and we say that it's like, you can't rush it. But it's like, you can't, you can't tell somebody who needs to know that they can't rush it and they need to experiment it. They need to know first, then they've yes. got to experiment <laughs> and then they've got to play with it. And, and I have found that doing it that way, I've, I've been able to ease into feeling it in my body and yes. you know and getting out of the way when I'm quite intrigued because obviously I my first reading was obviously with a a non-reflector and um and it was amazing yeah but I've often wondered what it would have been like to have my first reading with a, a fellow lunar being so I just want to ask you this question which yeah. is just has just come to me yeah. The reading that you had from Nadia or anybody, the yeah. reading that you had and the information that they provided you, do yeah. you feel that you were provided enough information as to how you've learnt through all of us? Which do you, Can you talk about that at all to share your experience? Yeah. That's a great question. So I think there are a couple of pieces that go into that. Nadia was really incredible about giving me like a 30 page document that had details on all the different pieces. So again, contributing to understanding the definition and just being able to learn. But what's funny is at the same time, the same friend who introduced me to human design was like, oh, I just found out a mutual friend of ours is also a reflector. She's a two, four, you should talk to her and see what her experience is like. And it turns out that the two, four and the five, one are like total opposites, which makes sense. Um, so as I was going through this initial learning process and trying to connect to another reflector, there was a lot of tension, not in a bad way, but just tension in the sense of the two and the five are so juxtaposed and how they interact and how they present in the world that it, it almost made me feel lonelier to first talk to her because I was like, but I, I want to be around people. Like I want to guide people. And she was like, I really just, you know, a, an hour long conversation on the phone can be hard sometimes. So I just, I just need to go and be by myself. I'm like, that's not who I am. I don't understand why, why is this so different? And yet we're the smallest ones. Um, and I think coming into, you know, some of the Facebook groups of reflectors by Desiree and that sort of situation, now that I have learned more on my own has been easier for me to engage because there's less of almost a desperation to be recognized and be seen and be acknowledged. Mm. It's more of like, okay, I've got my energy. I know more about myself. I know more how I integrated things and now I can engage in the community from understanding the other and not feeling sad <laughs> that they're not exactly like me or that they don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I've often yeah. wondered, like, and I know that, and this is no disrespect intended to any reader, but yeah. you can study and study and study, but until you actually understand a type and and feel it, and I guess we can't all be everything, 
but I've often wondered about you know other energy you know, other um, types performing readings for reflectors and and how that is you know distributed and and how it's received because yeah. they're just giving you the nuts and bolts I suppose they're not asking right. you to but yeah hmm. yeah it's been interesting I've engaged in a couple of different like human design programs over the course of the last year and being in those group settings the first one I was the only reflector and then the second one I was one of two but there it was interesting being called out at times for my reflectorness like when we were in moments of community together and they would be like oh yeah I see Christina's reflector coming out right now but I can't even see it it was very funny to have people congratulate me or affirm things that I was doing that it you know it's one of those things where it's so easy. You don't realize it's a special skill or it's a special trait. Um, but I think to your point, people just don't understand. And so they are giving us a very quick hit highlight of like, this is what I've heard reflectors say before, or this is what I understand about reflectors, or this is what I've read about reflectors. Um, but the way our energy ebbs and flows and the fact that our cycles, our moon cycles start at the point of a question. So, and a question can come two in one day, can come once in five years. Like yeah. it's never gonna be the same, even in that that sort of context is, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard for anyone, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes you've just got to get out of our head and not think about it because the more you think about it, the more it trips you up. Totally. <laughs> so I always say, you know, I'm gonna park that line one. I'm just gonna park it, go out there, <laughs> just, just park, just feel. Yes. That's fascinating that, that um, you were saying there that you're part of a group and actually being in those communities. That would be fascinating to do for research, to have that experience of, you know, being in, in human design and putting a reflector and putting all the types together and to make them work together and seeing how that plays out. Yeah. I guess then you're dealing with profiles and you're dealing with so many other variables. So maybe that's a wishy-washy dream, but food hmm, for thought. Yeah, I mean, it was a fun experience in the sense of five lines where you could always connect on something regardless on type, you know, and having a one line, you could always understand each other on something, but each person brought their own gifts, brought their own skill set. And it wasn't, we were learning about human de design together and learning about our particular types, but it wasn't, it wasn't a program in the sense of we're just going to sit and talk about human design. It was very like human design and running your business type program. So how do you do that together? Um, but yeah, it was just funny being the only reflector in the group and, and, <laughs> and being called out. I had never, you know, had that experience. And especially with something where he, with human design, where it's not like it's a world phenomenon quite yet, it's growing. Um, but it's not there yet. So it was just cool to be around people when I was at the beginning of learning that all believed in the same thing nobody questioned if it was real we were just excited to learn and that was great would have been really validating too to have that I could imagine yes. like good for good for the ego good for the soul just good to feel seen and heard and respected yes absolutely so did you plug in your family what is your family makeup do you want to talk about that at all like and how that has influenced your life to date yeah, so I haven't specifically plugged it in, but um, now being a year in going home over Christmas and being with my parents, I can definitively say my mom is a generator. Um, I remember growing up and being, you know, 12 and my mom would come into my room 
at eight o'clock, eight, eight in the morning and be like, okay, time to go. You slept in too much. Let's go clean. And it would drive me nuts <laughs> as a child to be like, I'm just tired. Can I just sleep? Um, and watching her as an adult now cleaning this, doing that, running from thing to thing, never stopping. I, she is 100% a generator and I cannot keep up ever. <laughs> Not even walking the dogs. Can I keep up with her when we're, when we're outside doing things? And then just seeing the dynamic with my dad, I can tell my dad is a manifester in the sense that you have to ask him five times and he, he'll get annoyed. He still won't get it done. He'll get annoyed and he takes naps all the time, but then he'll get up and go build something and come back and start projects and never finish them it's just funny how some of these very basic in the sense of like very similar traits of these types you can just pinpoint them at a certain point you're like oh yep I know who you are <laughs> I know who you are that'd be really fascinating when you do dive in if you if you can because sometimes we don't know the birth details of our family members but if you if you can and we get to do that if you've, you've pegged them into this hole and whether or not you're right it's yes like, it's a bit of a out. game isn't it it is. It is a lot of fun to do. And I think, you know, for me, probably one of the reasons I haven't really dove in on the family side is just because my parents are very traditional, very conservative, very Christian, which is not to say you can't believe in human design and be Christian, but it's one of those things where they wouldn't be open to the conversation. And so it's more of me, just a fun, like you said, little experiment. Like I'm going to, I'm going to test this generator and see how much energy they have or I'm going to see if I ask my dad a question a different way will he actually get this done this time who knows so that's yeah fun. I think I've shared before like um I'm adopted so I've got two types of oh, two types of parents I've got two parents I've got obviously my birth parents and my adoptive parents yeah. <clears throat> and my adoptive parents are quite older and they're very very Christian as well and and I didn't yeah. kind of tell them what I was doing. I just asked them if they knew when they were born out of curiosity and, yeah. and, and went went in the back door exactly. like that. And yeah. then when I did start to talk about it, they were very like, oh, oh. And and I, I, I think that's about as far as I can go with them yeah. before they'll be like, I don't understand. And it's like, yeah. it's okay, you don't have to. I need to though. Yeah. <laughs> I need to. Well, and I think you bring up such an interesting point because I'm actually also adopted. and so you know, it's curious to think about being a reflector, unless you have a reflector parent, it's a very different lived experience, but how different is it if you grow up with a family that's not your birth family? Is it that much different? Would it have made a huge difference to have grown up with people that were still your blood, so to speak, versus people that weren't? I don't know. It's an interesting question. I have, because um, I know my, both of my birth parents. Okay. And um, so my adoptive parents are my adoptive mum is a projector and my adoptive father is a reflector oh wow um, and my birth parents are both generators um, oh, wow. because obviously I I asked them actually my birth mother I she doesn't know exactly what time she was born but I sat there and did you know every change yeah. I did every change and there was no change in that from a generator I just not sure yeah. of the profile but generators and I've often wondered that too I thought mm, I think it worked out best yeah <laughs> one I know it worked out best because I know them um but two just having I can imagine and, and when I'm around my birth mother I haven't seen her for a few years because she lives in the states but when I'm around her it's like come on come on come on come on and it's like oh gosh you know what I mean like yes. whereas yes. my adoptive parents are very 
relaxed and and slow and it's just like if anything I'm the one that goes oh my gosh come on come on come on you know <laughs> awesome yeah I get that so yeah I, I really I've thought of that too and, and I've kind of just you know thank you this is exactly what yes. I was supposed to be yeah that's beautiful do you know your birth parents as well or I don't um so I am I was born in Colombia and then raised in the U.S. So I don't know much about my history, um, just that I was born in the 80s in Colombia, which is a whole <laughs> a whole chapter for that country. Um, yeah. But I, I will say, you know, just genetically speaking, I grew up loving to eat like just plain rice and I did not understand why. And then I um, ended up being an exchange student to South America in high school to Ecuador and they eat rice all the time. And I was like, my life finally makes sense because both of my adoptive parents are Norwegian descent. So don't get me wrong. I love meat and potatoes. Like that's great from like the Scandinavian food, but I went to South America and I was like, these are my people. Like I eat, I love rice. I love rice. And it just makes sense now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh, the adoption stories are so good. That's, that's for another conversation. Yes. (laughs) I can get right into it with that. So um, did you start doing a lot of what the, the book says to do when you first find out, like you know, obviously sleeping alone or not doing that or tracking the cycles? Like how, how did that play out for you? That's a great question because I honestly to this day still don't own a human design book. So all of the research that I have done is simply on the internet searching in depth for different things. Um, in terms of sleeping alone, I have a partner, but we are long distance most of the time. So we usually see each other once a month. So I have had the quote unquote luck, depending on how you look at it, long distance isn't that much fun, but I've had the luck of having most months um, to myself. And there is a difference. I've noticed in particular this time when we came back after not seeing each other for a month, you know, over break, I had this time where I just was in my space, in my flow. And I've noticed that now that we're back in my tiny one bedroom apartment together, Um, I, it's very hard for me to feel centered. It's very hard for me to, um, to feel like I know what's going on in my own head. And my partner is a manifester. So I'm lucky in the sense of he's not a sacral being. So I, I don't have to sort of fight that energy. We both need a lot of sleep. We both need to have our own space, but because it is such a combined space, I, I feel like I'm constantly running on his emotional cycle because he is emotional manifester. Um, so I feel, I feel a bit discombobulated to be totally honest, this first week or so that he's been back just in the sense of, I was very clear. I rested when I needed to rest. I did things when I wanted to, there wasn't, it was quiet in my space. Um, I don't know how far everyone goes into in the variables, but for me, I'm a low sound person. So it was quiet in my space. There were no distractions and I'm constantly hearing someone typing or chewing, like talking on meetings and all of that. So it's, it's been a change that I'm playing with since I am so aware. Um, and I haven't been this aware ever before. I don't think. Yeah. Noise canceling headphones for you. (laughs) Winning. Yeah. (laughs) The good life. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love the variables in that regard. So manifesto, I've always, I have a soft spot. I've said this before. I have a soft spot for manifestors. They're great. And is he, they into their design as well or not as interested? Not as interested, but I have, so similar to, 
um, sort of what you talked about with your family. He doesn't know the exact time that he's born. So I did the, you know, every five minutes, how does it change? How does it change? Um, and from the things that I know about him, he is a consecutive eater and a mountains person. And it's just funny to, to test those pieces out. So we talk a lot about how he just started cardio and he made a comment recently. He's like, man, running, I just, I've never sweated so much when I run and I feel so good. And I was like, hmm, breathing, mountains, less oxygen, this makes sense. And as a consecutive eater, his favorite restaurant is Chipotle. And I'm like, simple ingredients, very basic every time. Like, this makes sense, you know, just seeing, being able to explore and see what he likes and um, kind of learn with him, even though he doesn't know he's learning. <laughs> yeah, right. And so you could really test out those waters. Have you, have you sort of like experimented with how you, how you inform him and, and things like that and seeing, have you done that? I have. It is interesting because he is a 6'3 manifester. So he is about to turn 30, just about to go on the roof. And I'm finding that the way he communicates and interacts with people is absolutely changing. And even the way we think about in the future, where do we want to live when I get done with school and what sort of environment do we want to live in? Having some of those conversations, I have to take a different tact than I did before. I think when he was more in the three phase it was like all of these options, let's see what we can do. And now in this phase, as he's going onto the roof, it's more of a, I think this sounds interesting. And he's like, let me think about that. I need, I need to process this for a little while before agreeing to anything. So it's, yeah. it's been fun to, to learn together and to, yeah, test it out. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that you're doing that. At least he's willing and you never know the more it goes on and the more, as you say, he gets on the roof, you might kind of be up there observing a little bit more and be, and be prepared to sort of engage a little bit more or not. It's not for everybody. Yeah. I'm excited to see if when he's on the roof, if we have an easier connection because he is more stepped back in the social sense. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love going out to a good party and everything, but he just doesn't seem interested anymore or as interested anymore. Um, and so it will be interesting to see if our energies match a bit more at that point, because he's on the roof and I'm like, well, I just need to take a nap. So let's go home and take a nap. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a circle of friends that do you, do you seem to um, draw in a specific type towards you? Do, have you found that as you've experimented at all? That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I can't necessarily say specific type in terms of type of human design profile, but what I will say is my whole life, now that I'm looking back, my whole life I've been the person to walk into a group, draw people to me, create a community, but if I step back, it all dissolves. And especially in the last year, I've seen that quite a bit at school where I meet a couple of cool people. I think they're great. We hang out for a significant amount of time. And then as soon as I step back, they don't engage with each other. It's just about them engaging with me. But I think the hard part is that I've also seen my five line really come to the fore in those groups in the last year, in the sense of there's always going to be a moment where I make people uncomfortable, yeah. whether it's something that I say or something that I do that sort of, you know, breaks the, the, the hereticness, right? There's a moment where I say something that people don't like, or it makes them uncomfortable, or I see too deeply into a situation. Um, and that has also caused a few groups to fizzle out because they, the, the image is broken, right? The savior mm -hmm. image is broken. And so for me, 
as I think about moving forward, I am trying to consciously just sit and let people come to me and take longer before I really invest in others to see what are they seeing in me that's attracting them to me? Mm-hmm. And do I want to put time there? Because in the past, and I'm fairly extroverted, like fairly extroverted on that scale. And so it's really easy for me to pick up a conversation with people and get to know them. But then I want to invest right away. I want to you know, help them with their things. Being a coach, I want to have these conversations. I want to dive into the depth and really go there with them. Um, but if it's not reciprocated, it's exhausting. And so I'm this next year in particular, I'm really trying to, like I said, take a step back and wait before I invest my full self in some of these relationships to understand if they're seeing me for me or if they're just attracted to something that I'm reflecting back to them. That's amazing. I took a peek at your chart before we had this call and that's just everything that's in there of your chart. Yeah, you've just, you've just you've just said it, but I love that you say that as well about taking a step back, and I can really relate to that. Whereas we kind of get in there and and we don't mean to be, I guess, bossy and ballsy, but we do get in there and sort of want to help, and I can fix this, and I can do that, and you know, be that savior, and we unconsciously do that, and then it can really rub people up the wrong way. So taking that step back, which I've done as well. Um, yeah. And I was in a meditation a few months ago, probably or nearly a year ago, and this lighthouse appeared and it mm. was like, be the lighthouse, let them come to you. Mm, that's and, beautiful. And I thought that is exactly what it, it's really hard to do that though. So yeah. I could imagine in a way how it must feel for projectors to have to yeah. wait for those invites. Um, but when I do honour that, it always works out for the best and that the, mm-hmm. the people who align with me are there. Whereas as soon as I start running over myself or trying to, you know, like shortcut it, something will happen. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if you felt that as well. You just know that it'll fizzle or just yeah. something doesn't feel right or you feel like you've upset somebody or because we're very sensitive. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm very sensitive. Yeah. It's interesting. There have been two relationships in particular over the last year that have started really quickly and really intensely and then fizzled to friendships. Um, And both of them, something didn't feel right in the beginning. Like you're talking about, there was a misalignment, but I was like, but friends, like we're going to, it's, you know, I don't know what this feeling is, but we're just going to go ahead and it's friends. And it like burned pretty quickly and pretty badly. Um, and so I think to your point, being able to take a step back and really listen to that, something doesn't feel right. Just wait, just wait. It doesn't have to be 28 days. Like it might show up sooner, but just wait Mm. to see what happens. Um, because we all, I think to a certain degree, everybody wants to give regardless of type, regardless of, of profile lines and all of these things. We all have a desire to, to have that connection and be able to help other people. Um, but I think one of the biggest pieces of my profile that I am learning to fall in love with slowly but surely is the fact that I have, uh, I can't remember if it's right or left, but I have the cross of separation. And so for me, thinking about how extroverted I am, how much I love community and the whole goal of my sort of profile or chart is to be by myself man, that took me a while this year to be like, do I have to, do I have to? And then I would go and learn about a line. And it was like, you're meant to be the mountain and you're meant to be the deep well, and you're meant to sit in stillness. And like, that is the last thing I could do two years ago. That was not, 
that was not in the cards anywhere. And so I'm finally have a solid meditation practice that I'm going with and I've spent enough time alone to be okay. But yeah, it's, it's a learning process for sure. <laughs> it's like having that as your incarnation cross is like being aligned to really, they need to, you know, just call you out. But you need to come back and forth with that one as well. That's like you, you need to really go back, restore, then go back out again. It's a constant, as you were saying before, ebb and flow, ebb and flow. Yes. Exactly. It's never those incarnation crosses can be so tricky because the wording of them, it's like, what does this mean? Mine's the cross of distraction. And I'm like, oh, does, when I first heard it, I was like, does that mean that I'm really just, I am really distracted. Yes, I am. Oh, thanks, a kitty, you know. But the more I got into it, it was more that I help distract people. And then I thought, oh, that sounds bad. Like I'm a distraction to class. I remember that in my report card at school. But it's more about being able to break people away from like coming in and going, you know, moving them off course a little bit into the right way. So yours is the same with that separateness. It's like that sounds awful. <laughs> but right. it's the wording, the wording in human design is, is funny, isn't it? Right. Well, and then you read a little deeper on mine. And I think it said you show people how to be different by the way that you live. And then the immediate thought after that, I don't know if you had this, but the immediate thought for me after that was then, well, who's going to pay me to live differently? <laughs> like, Who is going to make sure that I have the funds so that I can just, you know, sit in the trees by myself? Because that's where I'm supposed to be. What does that mean? <laughs> that's right. It's like, they, you know, you're expected your whole body aligns with just doing all these things but it's like well I still have bills to pay yes. <laughs> I can't just go and be border and sit under a tree yes exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to but I can't nice. <laughs> so on that note like um what are you doing with your work at the moment would you like to share that with us yeah so I have been a coach in the business world for about six years coaching teams and leaders on how uh, essentially better communication which go figure as a reflector but it's really been focused on technology and product development and I essentially took those skills and then transitioned it into the one-on-one -on -one coaching space so I have my own company where I do consulting on both ends now both for teams and for individuals one-on-one -on -one. Um, and just I, you know, it's funny, I have need motivation and I have, feel like I have sat my own life distracted from my needs because of the reflectorness and how we reflect to everyone else. But I am top notch at getting people to identify, getting others to identify their needs and follow them and really name and align with them. So to that point, what's easy for you that like you can make any money on and other people need, I have transitioned that those skills, my need motivation into coaching people on how to identify their needs. And I've really spent a lot of time, particularly with women of color entrepreneurs in that space, helping them identify both how do you successfully have a business as a woman of color entrepreneur, which has a whole host of, of questions and topics and struggles in and of itself, but also be still be human, still be yourself, still live a life of wellness and sustainability and nourishment. And what does that mean? Um, and so it's been fun to just start with that and continue to expand and expand and expand and do it in a way that is useful for me. And because it's useful for me, it's easy then for me to recognize usefulness opportunities for others. And it's been great. That's amazing. It's amazing that you're doing that work. And did you, did you all know, did you, were you doing this before you found out that you're a reflector? Obviously you were doing this in your, in your job as well. So it was becoming really natural for you to do that. 
So you were doing this before you found out that you're a reflector? I was. So the first coaching that I got, job that I got was honestly by chance. I had been working in events and communications for about four years and somebody saw my resume and was like, an event planner would make a great coach. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to coach on, but you're going to pay me a full-time salary. I can afford my bills. I'll take it. Um, Because the event space is typically not about the money. (laughs) If you've ever worked there, for people who have worked there, they know. Um, So this was in a business, in an organization, coaching teams. And I just fell into that role and it was like everything clicked. I felt like I was home. It was just so easy for me to sit in the back of the room and just watch people interact and watch what they said and watch the power dynamics and then just ask a question that shifted the entire team conversation or pull somebody aside and say, you know, the way this is going isn't working. Why don't you try this and really put it into practice? The reflectorness again before I knew was I was a reflector and it helped me excel really quickly in that space, which I'm really grateful for, but there comes a moment, we were kind of speaking about this a little bit earlier, but there comes a moment where you get tired just naturally as a reflector and there's only so much pushing a rock uphill, particularly in the business world that you can do. So I was sitting there shouting from the rooftops, like change is easy, just try this one thing. And then executive leadership would come and say, yeah, but we have stakeholders that we have to listen to so we'll do it later maybe or we'll see what happens maybe or yeah that worked for a little bit but we got to change back and it became really exhausting um so that's one of the reasons honestly why I came to get my MBA is sort of to jump over middle management a little bit (laughs) and be able to say okay I know my perspective I know my skills I know my special talents and I know that we can do more just as an organization as teams we can do more And so I'm really hoping that with the MBA and really diving into my own business that I have more leverage to be able to say, you can try this. And if you don't want to, I'm just going to go to the group that wants me next. I don't have to be stuck in an organization and not have them listen to me, even though I know I'm quote unquote, right. I at least have an option. Yeah. You go girl. I love that. (laughs) That's so empowering. Yeah, stick it to them. (laughs) You know, when you when you know, you know, and it's just like back yourself, and you just, you know, that's exuding confidence and just going, no, I know. And if you know, oh so when you found out, when you found human design and and found out about this, did you alter anything? Or just you were just like, This is um, I've been in alignment this whole time. I'm staying on this same track. I, I think it's a bit of both. It was, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It was really an affirmation of this is my skill set and this is why I'm a great coach. And that was great. And then I think the, the switching track was then saying, I'm a great coach and I'm not being utilized and people aren't listening to me. So what, where can I go then to where people are listening and I am able to make an impact with my skill set and I am sort of taken seriously or able to make that change. And that's where the really more focus on my business came in was again, okay, I'll like bring me in as a consultant. I will work with you. We can assess. And in two months, if you're still don't want to make any of the changes that I'm suggesting, that's fine. We'll part ways peacefully and I will go find the people who do want to listen this time. Yeah. Wow. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> so um in the space of coaching women, that's clearly like a passion project of yours and it brings yeah. a lot of that. So what does a session like that look like, may I ask? Yes, of course. It, it was interesting because the group that I was in this summer really encouraged me to just own that I was a reflector in a way that I hadn't before. So I actually 
like started up a new offering called Reflector Sessions. And I had about 10 women from this group this summer that were willing to test it out with me. And it was beautiful. I had never been able to so intentionally use my reflectorness to understand how to help another person in my life. So my sessions are 45 minutes, which came through trial runs. It turns out that at the 45 minute mark, almost exactly, my body would literally start to shut down and get really tired. And was like, we can't talk about this anymore. So it's a 45 minute session, but I, it's, it sounds, I'm not used to talking about it in an open sense. I'm so used to talking about it in a business sense. So for me, it sounds even a little weird to say it, but I sit in conversation with a woman and I can literally tell in their body where there is disease and ask them what is that and help them break apart and work through what that is and because because there are lots of areas in my chart that are about systems and processes I then help them create action steps to move forward so one example is I worked with someone who had a very strong sacral they were very connected to their sacral and I literally started to feel motion sickness in our session and I was like what is going on in your stomach like what, like, I feel so sick right now. What's happening in your stomach? And she's like, really, I'm just like so joyful and energized. And I know exactly what to do. And I know exactly where to go. And her sequel was lighting up and she was feeling it in a positive way, but I don't have that. And I was like, it's so strong. Like, just take a breath for me. I can't, I can't do this. And another, there was another session with a projector. Um, and I, I think maybe it's a reflector thing, but I don't, some people, you know, shake their foot or shake their leg or they like have to move around. And I don't really do that. And I was in a session with a reflector where my, my body was just getting really jittery. And I was like, this, this for me, this like movement, shoulder tension, isn't normal. I was like, what's going on in your body? And she's like, I just feel so much tension in my shoulders right now. And I was like, okay, let's take a breath and let's release. And in our work together, in our session, her <clears throat> emotional cycle tended to take, I think, about nine days for her to move through. And we moved through two emotional cycles in that one session, just because I could focus, I could tell her where I was feeling it in my body. And then she could hone in really deeply on where she was feeling it in her body and work through it together. So it's just a very, for me, I had never done anything like that. And it's not that I didn't believe it was possible. I think it's different coaching groups because you have so many going on. It's really hard to pinpoint what's coming from who and who's going between what and how fast are they moving through everything. But I can hear the dynamics. I can see the facial expressions. I can understand when people are frustrated, but one-on-one, excuse me, it just goes so much deeper and I feel it and I have clarity around it and I can ask questions and have a conversation around it. What a beautiful gift. I love that. I truly believe that. I mean, I believe that everybody is intuitive. I believe everybody has Um, healing gifts and psychic awareness I believe all of that we all have but especially reflectors I think every single reflector that I've met we all have this really innate gift of really seeing people and I know that that's a reflector thing but it's deeper than that Um, and it seems to be really specific to reflectors and I truly believe that that that's you know, we're healing people and we're doing it in, in all our different ways. We're not all Reiki masters and we're not all this and we're not all that. Yeah. And it sounds like what you're doing is exactly energy healing, physical healing, emotional healing in your yeah. way. And it's just beautiful to listen to. It's just it's the same thing, just presented differently in a, in yeah. a way to help people because 
people everybody needs something different in their lives so yeah, yeah. so I ramble there but that was just like, <laughs> I can hear it from people it's just like you're a healer we're all healers um helping humanity heal and lift up so yeah. it's our superpower I love it I love it and it's such a beautiful thing when you I think particularly when we can tap in without shame I think there is so much definition and we're always searching for definition, whether it's astrology or Reiki or Chi or whatever we want to call it. I think something that has been really freeing for me and maybe because I was a coach for so long before human design and really a lot of spirituality came into it is it's easy for me to just be like, this is just what I do. And I don't have to define it by something else. (laughs) It's even hard for me to explain. So I'm still working on figuring out how best to to explain it to people but it's just nice to have the freedom to be like I don't know I just sense what's in your body and then we move through it we're good (laughs) yeah and and it's really important that you say that um I had a the session that I had with Mila who's a manifester and one of the things that she said was it's really easy to get on a typewriter and Mm -hmm. even though we do we do talk to reflectors we are reflectors we're trying to nurture the reflector and a lot of it is a reflector trait it's still just you and your uniqueness and what you bring opposed to, oh, this is just because I'm a reflector. I don't believe that. I think it's also because you are you. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah, I love that she said that. Don't get on the, t- you know, people get on the type hype. Um, yeah. And they do. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. they do. And I think we got, you got to go through that though. You've got to, you know, and it's, you know, first there's shame or there's anger or there's sadness. And, you know, when you can get to that point of going, I'm actually really proud of who I am. I think that's a good thing. It's not being arrogant. It's just going, I'm actually really proud. I'm really pleased that I'm a reflector. I'm here for a reason in this body, in this vessel, doing what we're doing. Yes. For a reason. We don't always have to know that reason. Yes. And thank God for that. As much as our one mind wants to figure it out, sometimes you just got to take a chill pill. Do you have any like tips that you could give a brand new person, a brand new person, a person when they find they've just found out that they're a reflector? What are your tips that you could say to them? Okay, do this first. That's a great question. I think, yeah, (laughs) I think um, a couple of things come to mind. The first one is just take a breath. Which is something that honestly is probably the most repeated thing in our in the reflector Facebook group is just sit with it, just relax. Um, it's very cliche to say for a reflector, but truly, we have the rest of our lifetimes to learn and be able to experiment and explore and also potentially decide it's not for us. I think I had the most freeing moment a little while ago when I was listening to recordings by Ra, and he said, four percent of people will come to be active in human design and 4% of those people will be like truly dedicated. And it took pressure off of me to feel like I needed to explain things to friends or family or feel like I needed to convince anyone of it. And like, it's such a small amount of the population that's really gonna get into human design. I don't need to be an evangelist. So I think taking a breath and letting yourself go at your own pace and go through the shame and the anger and the frustration and the joy and the happiness and all all parts of it. And then I think trust that you're going to learn what you need to learn first. You know, they're going into the human design community and following all these various people who are not reflectors because there aren't enough of us around. 
Um, and they always talk about strategy and authority and like follow your strategy and authority. And it's the first thing they always say. And I, I'm always a little bit triggered. I'm like, it's so easy for you to say that because you don't have to wait 28 days. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think um, just trust that your next step will be the right next step for you. My next step this last year was learning surface level about everything in my chart so that I can relax into strategy and authority now. And that's not to say I haven't been operating on strategy and authority, but it felt like there was a lot of pressure to figure out the moon cycle and what that means. And it's really complex. And so just trusting that wherever your interests lie is where you're supposed to go and it will all make sense when it's supposed to. Beautiful, very wise words. I um I actually would like to change something for reflectors in the way that we even word that like we should just say I'm honoring my strategy I don't even think we need to say strategy and authority because yeah. they are the same thing yes. we don't yes. have any we should just now say I'm following my strategy and that's it we just leave the s and a we just leave the a off we can just yes. go I'm I'm just following my strategy <laughs> That thinking, sounds good to me. I was I'll thinking about it. that the other day and I'm like, why do we just, because we're automatically parroting what everybody else says. And it's just like, hey, on a second, we don't have an authority. We just have a strategy. So I'm like, I'm changing it now. I'm just going, I'm always just going to say strategy. When I think doing- that's the next revolution. We can make all of these like super dedicated people really angry because the reflectors are going to come together and say, it's just strategy for me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm just generating my strategy. You mean your strategy and authority? Um, no. I guess. I just mean mm-hmm. they're the same. Yeah. <laughs> potato, potato, whatever. <laughs> oh, Christina, how can we, how can people reach you? How can they keep in touch with you? Yeah. So um, I, Instagram is probably the quickest way to hear back from me. It's C E W E I B E R G C E Y Bird. Um, and then my website is also the same. So if you add .com at the end, and that's where you can sign up for session, you can email me, learn more about my work. Um, but it's just, I think particularly with school, <laughs> like digital means are the best way to get in touch with me. And who knows, I might just like already be following you and you didn't realize it. And it's fun. Yeah. Oh, and best of luck with your studies and your work. You. It just sounds amazing. And you are doing such a beautiful service to the world. So Thank you for being uniquely you. And thank you for coming on and having a chat with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for this opportunity. You know, it's so fun to have these conversations because at some point, the regardless of, again, all of the little details within the chart, it's still fun to talk to people who are going through the journey to understand more about themselves. And it's just a journey back to yourself and the fun that can be had because a lot of times it's the intensity for reflectors in particular, but it's so fun to have this conversation and I'm so grateful to learn with you and by you and from you and all these things. You're welcome. Thank you very much and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.